for me, what's interesting with the platform revolution is the way it is impacting the, the, the value chains and the role and position of companies in those value chains. When you look at organizations, everything they do is always defined by how they view themselves in a value chain. And this has created inertia over the years. What digital is allowing to do is now allowing organizations to be at different positions in a value chain. Because instead of being linear, those value chains are becoming more circular and you can interface with everyone in your value chain, unlike what you could do uh, before. This is Simone Cicero, the host of the Bandless Conversations podcast, an ongoing exploration on the future of platforms and ecosystems. These conversations help us make sense of what's coming next with platform business models, the dynamics of marketplaces, business ecosystems, and much more. Join me, my regular co-host Sina Heikila, and other guests as we explore new perspectives about how we organize a scale in a rapidly changing world. Hi everyone, Stina here. Welcome back to the Boundaryless Conversation podcast. Today we are talking to Adrian Nussenbaum, co-founder and US CEO of Miracle, a global leader in online marketplace solutions. Since graduating from HEC in Paris in 2001, Adrian's career has been focused on innovation, entrepreneurship and disruption, and he has supported Fortune 1000 companies in their strategic growth and transformation initiatives, including creating and leading Fnac's marketplace. Along with co-founder Philippe Courant, Adrian has built and led winning teams across the globe, creating hundreds of jobs and generated billions in sales for customers. In our truly boundaryless conversation with Adrian, we cover the platform revolution from many angles, from how companies tackle digitalization to how platforms contribute to breaking boundaries in space and time in an age of full information transparency. We also explore the necessary mind shifts, for example, transcending the idea of competition and realizing that as a platform, you need to earn the right to serve an ecosystem, turning competition into partnership. As a platform player, you can essentially choose to be anything in the value chain, and that's an exciting future outlook. More generally, we explore what it means for brands to find a place in an API-first modularized economy, where suppliers and customers are aggregated. And we explain why the future of commerce may be in niches that require brands to meddle with the economy profoundly, leaving an opportunity space for incumbents that can transform, as not everything can be remotely shaped from San Francisco. Enjoy this episode with Adrian Nussenbaum, and our apologies for the poor audio quality of this episode, as our usual recording platform had some hiccups when we recorded the conversation. Here we go with Adrian's episode. Hello, everyone. So we are back uh, in conversation in, uh, for the Bandoless Conversations podcast. Uh, and today with me, there is my usual co-host, uh, Stina Hekila. Hi, everyone. And we have uh, a very special guest from the US, Boston, Adrian Nassenbaum. I hope I pronounced your surname in the right way. Perfetto. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Adrian is the co-founder and uh, if I'm not wrong, the US CEO, right, Adrian? Yes, correct. Uh, of uh, a French company that has been uh, making rounds uh, lately. Uh, the company is called uh, uh, Miracle and uh, uh, it's a company that uh, provides uh, essentially uh, marketplace uh, solutions for platformizing uh, Businesses. So, first of all, uh, Adrian, I would like to ask you to give our listeners a bit of context, uh, not much uh, describing, I would say, your company that most of our listeners uh, know, but maybe the, the moment that your company is uh, living through. No? So, the context we're talking about, you know, this fact that you just received this uh, massive uh, investment round that uh, made the company a unicorn. Also, what customers are you working on? What kind of uh, interesting cases are you seeing emerging? And why, at the end of the day, you see so much uh, traction for, for the work that you guys are, are doing? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm very happy to be spending a bit of time with you talking about platforms and marketplaces. As you mentioned, Miracle is a, it's originally a French company. We like to call ourselves an international company because uh, when you grow up in Europe, you immediately want to want to conquer the world because you know that the world is, is vast. So, so we have over the last eight years 
built this uh, technology company, which provides, as you mentioned, a platform which allows B2B and B2C organizations to, to launch and grow uh, an enterprise marketplace at scale. Uh, we, we, we created this company really because from the, from the beginning with my co-founder, we were convinced that platforms were the future of business. And you know, we, we, had the, we recognized the critical value that platform strategies could deliver to both traditional businesses who needed to transform and evolve their business model, but also uh, digital natives who, who wanted to emerge and differentiate themselves uh, in, in the markets that they were going after. So we, we are really, um, I would say, platform uh, pioneers. Uh, that's how we call our clients. And we were very convinced of the power of the platform model and the, the platform economy. As you said, we, we just closed a, a $300 million round, a, C, a Series D round, which valued the company uh, above uh, $1.5 billion, which is definitely a, an exciting moment in, in the time of our, of, our, of our growth. I think it's, it's really exciting in two ways. First of all, it's, a, I mean, it's three ways. It's a, it's a great recognition of the work done by our teams. It is a recognition of the, the vision behind the company and the power of platforms. And you know, this journey for the last nine years has been, has been not always easy and it's still hard, is it? It's still hard to convince organizations for the need to change. And, and lastly, it's a, it's a recognition of the success of our customers and, and their vision. And I think to your question about, and maybe I'll just end on that, but to give you a sense of, of, of some of the companies we, we, we support and, and the type of business models we, we enable, I will just mention three companies that just you know, went live uh, recently. Um, and, and you can see, you'll see the, the broad spectrum and how the platform economy really applies to every industries. One of them is, is 3M. So everyone knows 3M, it's you know, one of the largest manufacturers in the world. It has a lot of products that go from uh, the famous uh, post-it notes to uh, personal safety equipment. And, and recently, uh, 3M just went live with the first uh, marketplace uh, within the whole 3M company, uh, which is launched in the United States within the personal safety division. And, and the strategy with 3M is really to, to think about how can they you know, invent a B2B2B uh, go-to-market. So it's reinventing a go-to-market strategy to focus on their SMB customers and provide those customers with a 3M uh, branded online experience for them to buy products. But to do that as a platform, meaning uh, 3M is not the seller themselves, but 3M is, is inviting 3M distributors and partners within their ecosystem to be the sellers on this, uh, on this marketplace. So it, it's an exciting journey. And at the same time, really the same week, almost AB InBev, the none less famous brewer uh, known for brands like Corona or, or Budweiser, uh, announced uh, through their ZTech division, the launch of a of a marketplace uh, starting in Mexico where ABNBev is creating an online commerce destination for all their small business clients, uh, mostly local uh, convenience stores who are looking for more and more digital experience. And the similar way to 3M, uh, ABNBev is, 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 is leveraging their local distributors to be the sellers on this platform and ultimately provide services to and products to those those local uh, tiendas, like they call them, so little bodegas, little convenience stores. So that's also a very exciting uh, adventure that is starting with a global company. And and maybe just to conclude, and then I'll, I'll pause. But uh, at the same time, we we went live with a um, very historic, iconic um, retailer in in, in Europe uh, called Maison du Monde, which basically means. Uh, house of the world, or in Italian, casa del mundo, or that's probably Spanish. And, uh, and, and this is basically a retailer which has you know, grown by curating a selection of, of furniture, home furniture products from all over the world. And they decided to launch a marketplace to, to really deepen their assortment 
And, and their result is amazing because within one month, uh, the marketplace is now uh, added 13% of, of top line. So it's, uh, it's quite exceptional. And you can see through those, you know, these are just some of the 350 plus clients who work with Miracle. But you can see through those examples that, that there's no limits. And I think it's great that your podcast is called Boundaryless Conversations because I would say, and I will end that, the, the platform revolution is also boundaryless. Well, wow, yeah, that's uh, super interesting. I, I want to jump in and maybe zoom in a bit on, um, you know, you gave some really interesting examples, but if you can zoom in a bit on how do they arrive to make this leap and like what is the kind of journey and the right timing and pace to turn your business into a platform or to create a, a marketplace? And when we had a preparatory conversation, you mentioned you need to sort of earn your right to represent the ecosystem. So can you talk a little bit about these aspects? Yeah, so the right starting point to envision um, transforming into a platform or evol evolving into a platform business is, is fundamentally customer-centric. And it always starts, it's always related to the customer. The way you, you open your eyes to those needs from the customer, there, there's basically two categories. It can be defensive or it can be offensive. And, you know, we work with organizations who find themselves in, bo in both situations. And so if we look at it, there is a, a change, fundamental change, which is happening in the world for the past 20 years, which is called digital. And digital has been, uh, at the same time, uh, a very radical, revolutionary change. But it has also been, in a way, a slow invisible kind of change in, in some ways. Uh, radical because it's it spurred the, the, the creation of a lot of new devices, of new behaviors, uh, but slow also because it took time for businesses to accept e-commerce as, as something that was not a, a competition to what they were already doing. It took time for organizations to accept e-commerce or digital as a, as a channel that they should look into for, for their sales and distribution. So there is always this paradox and change between the radicality of, of aspects of change and sometimes the, the slower pace at which it is embraced by organizations. And so if we go back to that change, we fundamentally see that the customers of today are, are radically different from who, who, who they were 20, 10, and even 10 years ago. Today, we live, our kids, us, our parents, we all live in a world where we have basically uh, broken three barriers, three boundaries, if I stay in the theme of the podcast. Uh, we have broken the boundary of access to information in the, in the sense that when we are interested in buying something, if we are researching a product, there is no areas of darkness anymore. We can find everything we want. We can self-educate ourselves much more than we, we could before. The, the second boundary we've broken is the, 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 the time and space limit boundary. Uh, remember the world where if you wanted a tennis racket, you, your, 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 your limit was, is there a sporting goods store within you know, walking distance, a subway distance, or driving distance. Today, uh, if I want specifically uh, Roger Federer's tennis racket that he used there, I can find it somewhere and it can be shipped and delivered to me within a reasonable time frame. And, and the third boundary which has been broken is the, it's the, the fact that we are in a world that, is, that has the ability to very rapidly connect, interconnect. So great way to illustrate that is you think of Airbnb. What was the world before Airbnb? To, if you wanted to rent your, 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 your house, if you wanted to find a, a, a house for the weekend. We, we now have this thing where it's natural for anyone to be able to list their product, their service on the platform within a matter of minutes. So the, having broken those three boundaries, time, space, information and, and connectivity has resulted in, in drastically transforming customers. And so to go back to your, your question, the platform revolution that companies you know, 
start when they engage and work with us starts by the customer. And sometimes it's defensive, meaning that you know, it can be driven by, oh, our customers are shopping somewhere else because someone has more better than we have. And, and before digital, it was hard for the customers to know that this was available, but now it's easier. What can we do to react to that and defend ourselves? Platform. And sometimes it's, it's much more offensive, which is in a, in a positive way, not in the offensive, negative sounding of the, the word. But it's how can we be on the offense? And this is where your question about earning the right comes up, because being on the offense means, you know what? I have the right to engage my, my, my ecosystem into broader relationships, more, more, more exchanges, and to be concrete, people love me because I, because I sell tires. But do I have the right to sell other uh, car parts to those people? Do they trust me enough? Have I proven to my supplier ecosystem that I can be a great channel, go to market, that others can trust me to, to come and, 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 and use me as a, as, as a way to, to, to distribute their products? Yes, have I invested enough in my uh, you know, e-commerce infrastructure to demonstrate that I can provide you know, safe, secured, reliable online experiences and make those available to, to other third parties? Because if you have a crappy website or no website, if your payment are not secured, you can't claim to become a platform because people are going to say, you know, if I come and sell my products to, to customers uh, on your platform, how, how do I know that I will get paid? How do I know that these are real customers? Um, if, your, if, your, if your search, your, your, your overall online experience is, is bad quality and, and people come to you to, you know, we work with, you know, fashion apparel uh, companies who, who have marketplaces where they invite other brands to, to come and sell. But if they're, if they're not able to tell them, your products are going to be well, well, uh, uh, you know, uh, presented with nice pictures, consistent pictures, nice text, nice description. If they tell them, oh, you know what, your products will be like uh, on on a on a bad eBay page, you can't claim the right to invite those, those brands. So, so really, earning the right is a combination of uh, of of mindset. Are you willing to invest in this platform strategy? to continue to grow demand, to, to, to uh, invest in building, a, a, in investing in your, in, your, in your ecosystem of partners? Are you willing to, you know, you, have you made the investments in your digital strategy to, to, to provide a, a qualitative environment to support this platform? And, and the last one, which is key, is the, the partnership mindset. And it's fundamental in a, in a platform business you need to rethink competition. You need to rethink, you know, uh, the, the, the way you saw the world before where everything was very siloed, very delineated in a, in a platform world. It's much more about partnering. It's much more about complementing your strength. And, you know, people talk a lot about how to fight Amazon, how to compete Amazon. And there's a lot of people who believe that the right way is to, to do that on the, you know, legal regulation point. I, I'm, I'm not here to talk about that. I think that first, if, if companies are able to unite themselves more to provide better, broader experiences to their customers, to their partners, and grow their ecosystem, they have a chance of, of fighting better against Amazon. And, and so that's kind of you know, the combination of, of the drivers, the earn to write, the mindset. And, uh, I know it's a long answer, Man, that was a great answer, not just long. It was uh, very interesting. And uh, we've been chatting in the background with Tina with so many considerations. I think one thing that you made me, well, so many things, but I would say uh, first thing is uh, this is just not, not just technological problem. It's also cultural, uh, I guess, in terms of uh, organizational culture, but also to some extent, a social uh, conversation that uh, that you're talking about. Because when you say, for example, we broke this um, boundary of uh, 
uh, information, which I found uh, fascinating. So, so the question is also, how do you resonate with these customers that now are, in, uh, you know, uh, immersed in uh, much uh, more uh, broader conversations uh, on the state of uh, the planet, for example, or the politic politics, or you know, the social uh, context that uh, is around. Uh, Uh, commerce essentially so uh, i'm curious to know if you uh, that seem seem to do so well on the technological uh, conversation uh, as a company you also had to engage with this cultural and uh, social uh, conversations i mean there's two uh, dimensions to that there is what we do as as a as a company and and frankly i, I don't think i mean i would love to tell you about how we uh, you know we offset our our uh, Our carbon uh, footprint by planting trees. Uh, I mean, but I don't think it's the it's the specific uh, you know topic for 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 today. I think what's interesting is how via the platform strategies that we that our technology and our teams of experts allow our customers to deploy. What impact can our customers have on the, on the world? And so, you know, for example, uh, no later than a, a few days ago, uh, Madewell, uh, you know, for those who don't know, Madewell is a, it's a, it's a sister brand of J. Crew. Uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, nice brand that, that really grew up in the U.S. Uh, and it's very nice uh, design and selection. And, um, and, very, and just recently, they, they announced that they were... Um, officially joining the, the 50% pledge. And so for those who don't know, the 50% pledge is an initiative that was created by Aurora James, which basically uh, ambitions that by end of 2021, at least 15% of, uh, of the brands that um, Madewell works with will be black owned brands. And, uh, and so this means of course, you know, more design collaborations with black artists and brands, Uh, but also uh, more black makers within uh, an initiative which is called Hometown Heroes and, um, and more black owned businesses in our Labels We Love program. And so the Labels We Love program is the marketplace that Madewell is running for the last couple of years. So, so typically, you know, this is an example where by having this, you know, this mindset and this technology and strategy that allows you to, to go beyond your, your, your own little world and, 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 and open up your ecosystem through this platform strategy, uh, a brand like Madewell is able to, to, to have a, you know, a contribution to society and, 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 and in a way that's, that's really uh, having an impact. Uh, we, we have customers who, you know, we work with You know, big retailers like Kroger, for example, you know, it's 130 something billion uh, grocer in the US. It's actually the, the biggest retailer in America in, 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 in sales done on the US soil. And, uh, and, and, and amongst different aspects of their marketplace, Kroger is, is also using, using this platform as a, as a way to partner with, you know, um, organic brands, sustainable products, uh, who, who are benefiting from a visibility that they could not get in a, in a non-platform world. Uh, so so the, these are you know, consumer-centric uh, impacts, which I think are, 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 are worth uh, mentioning. Um, but I also think that in the B2B space, Today, if you think of our business, 50% is B2C, so consumer-related platforms, and 50% is B2B, business-to-business-related platforms. But we, we also have examples where some of our customers are launching platforms, which is allowing their customers with, to, to connect with local distributors and, you know, that have less uh, carbon footprint, that are uh, more, more also uh, supporting local Uh, or regional uh, organizations and help them defend themselves against the big uh, digital giants that tend to level everything. So I'll stop there, but that's kind of our view of the, the initiatives that indirectly we are very proud to, to support. 
Mm-hmm. It seems that talking about this idea that uh, customers at the end of the day are driving uh, such a transformation, no? so because uh, uh, you, you said that you know, this uh, normally it's something that comes from customer, uh, from the cast from the outside. You know, it's actually a something that organizations need to do to to stay you know to stay in, uh, in tune with the times i would say so so the question would be uh, do you see that uh, um, this you know can possibly move into the organizational side so uh, do you see for example i know you you guys are doing a lot of work into b2b for example also b2b marketplaces that uh, tackle problems in procurement or in other key processes uh, so my question would be how uh, do, do you see these marketplaces, this software that you guys are developing, even including more and more orga- other organizational aspects? Or maybe you can just give us a peek into what are the, the, the other processes that uh, uh, your software covers now and you plan to go with, uh, with the new directions that, uh, that you see coming. Yeah, the way we look at, uh, at our roadmap as a technology company is fundamentally split into two big buckets. One is, uh, in a way, uh, centered on ourselves, and the other one is open to the outside world. On, on the part which is miracle-centric, our ambition since we launched this company has always been to support the most platform models as possible. And, uh, and, and that means, you know, for example, when we, when we started to grow our, our, our activity with B2B companies, there's a lot of different processes, invoicing, payment, different order lines, management, different, you know, sometimes you have five decimals, pricing. So I won't get into the specifics, but a lot of our investments have been done into, and this is a true different share that makes really miracles stand out, but when you, when you really look into the details, how do you fully support uh, business case that are, that, are, that are specific to industries? So, so a lot of our roadmap is, is anchored around, you know, the specific needs of specific industries. You mentioned procurement, we, we, you know, building integrations with, uh, with uh, you know, punch out systems to one of our largest Customer is, 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 uh, is uh, they are uh, hospitality chains like Coperama and Accor, and they are really reinventing the way uh, they let their, their uh, hotel managers buy what they need for the hotels in a much more uh, platform way, uh, which is much more modern than the traditional uh, e procurement system. So, so, really, that's kind of the internal facing, which is, and it's driven by. There is not just one platform model, there are multiple platform models and, and, and what does the technology need to do to support them? The, 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 the aspect which is open to the outside, which is really a core core pillar of our strategy, is, is how ourselves as a, as a company, we operate as a platform and not, you know, not in a technology sense, like yeah, everyone is a technology platform, but as a business model, as a, as a, as a mindset. So, so this is why we, we, we launched a year and a half ago um, our program called Miracle Connect, which Miracle Connect is, 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 a, is a true ecosystem. So it's a, it's a platform where we are bringing together on this platform all the, the companies who are launching their, their marketplaces and platforms with Miracle combined with all the, the potential suppliers, sellers, merchants, providers who, who are interested in, in partnering with those, uh, those, those marketplaces. And finally, the, the other technology companies who are developing solutions that support specifically uh, platform businesses, whether it's around supply chain, around payment, around pricing strategy, so really this you know, Miracle Connect is, if you think of it in a, in a simple way, from a, from a platform operator standpoint, from the, the, the view of the Miracle clients, it's I can find easily, rapidly the best partners to, to sell on my platform. And I can find rapidly, easily the best technological partners to make my platform 
even better. And from the, from the technology partners, is I have access to a network of, of fast-growing platforms that can benefit from my tools. And from the seller standpoint, reseller and supplier standpoint, I have access to a centralized, large uh, you know, channel for me to diversify and, 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 and develop my go-to-market. So, so that, that is really how we are articulating the... And if you think of what I was saying at the beginning is we ourselves waited to have earned the right to become a platform. Because the reason why Miracle Connect is successful and growing so fast today is because when we opened it, we were able to tell the people which we wanted to invite on our platform, look, look at all the clients we have, they're growing, they're, they're, they're stable. Uh, look at how the, the sellers, the partners who are selling on those platforms are able to use our tools to, 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 to sell rapidly, efficiently, uh, and look at the, the technology we've built, the APIs, the microservices, which is allowing partners to, to integrate rapidly. So it goes back to what I was saying. We've earned the right to become a platform operator ourselves. Right. I mean, we, we were talking about this in, in the background with Sina, and um, I think, uh, you know, uh, we were curious, for example, of your insights around data or using AI to build, uh, reinforce your network effects in this uh, context. No? And uh, I think uh, this, uh, it's a nice way to, to, to connect to another topic that we wanted to, to discuss with you, which is... Uh, uh, this emerging uh, API economy, you know, that we are witnessing with companies like uh, Stripe or Twilio doing, you know, really well. And uh, essentially, uh, my question would be in a world, uh, in a market that uh, is, uh, it's about, you know, for example, the work you are doing. So this kind of uh, network effects built around uh, aggregating suppliers and also APIs uh, for many of these vertical uh, processes like finance or, or or, you know, uh, con communication with customers, like Twilio could be. Uh, so the question is, what is left for the retail brands to play in this industry? Or in general, for, for incumbents, you know, because I'm not sure you just talk with retailers. Yeah, we talk with retailers, with brands, CPG, manufacturers, distributors, procurement organizations, services companies, travel and hospitality. We, we talk to it. Like we said, the platform revolution uh, will, will not be selective in, in the sense of what industry it impacts. It will impact, and it is impacting every single industry. So, you know, I think there, there's, there's a lot of stuff in what you, you just said. I think, you know, companies like, like Twilio, Stripe, they're different companies, but they, they, they are a demonstration of this notion of a, that I was touching upon at the beginning, this notion of, of interconnectedness. We live in a world where you first and foremost need to think about what are the connections you can create and, and how you can create, create them instead of trying to just go solo. And, uh, and it's funny because during the, the fund, this is an anecdote, but during the fundraising, every time I would get on the call with a new investor, there was someone at some point who would say, oh, so Miracle, you are a little bit like the Twilio of marketplaces. And, um, and you know, investors love to do those. Uh, parallels uh, and I was polite so I said yes I mean it's, it's it, there's a lot of similarities although we, we do a completely different uh, business but uh, to go back to your to your point on on, on, um, on retailers I think that uh, we need to differentiate the technology side of things like headless, microservices, API first, uh, which seems to, to, to be, uh, to have an impact, which is of dis deconstructing large monolith uh, technology systems, basically. We're moving away from the all-in-one back to kind of uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, pieces or, or best of breed components type of uh, phase in technology. Um, we, so we need to differentiate the technology side from the consumer experience side. And, um, and I think that you can't take away 
what the incumbents, let me refer to them, have built in terms of, of you know, customer engagement, brand equity, uh, respectability, trust, all these things that are constituents of the, the, earn, the, the right, earning the right to, to be a platform. And, um, and, and yes, you know, uh, the world is tough for, for, uh, for incumbents. I think it's uh, 70% of Fortune 500 companies won't, won't be Fortune 500 companies in, in 10 years or something like that. I mean, there's different statistics. The main danger for this, these companies is not outside, it's inside. It's not leveraging the fact that they've earned the right to play. And, and when you look at companies who, who, who die today faster, I mean, there's a bigger pace than before because of digital. These are companies who have uh, ignored external signals, but they've also ignored internal pressures to, to change. They've been afraid of creating channel conflicts. They've been afraid of, uh, sometimes they've had capital you know, financing structures, which has put them in a situation where they, 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 they could not invest in growth, but they had to repay interest on debts and stuff like that. Uh, but they are, you know, they are iconic companies that have, that have disappeared. Um, and I don't want to name some there because we all know uh, some of them. And most of the time it, it's been, uh, it's been the same, uh, the same pattern, which is uh, taking too much time to, to react uh, internally and, and, and not changing the way they, they, they operate in terms of, bringing agility in their, in their technology uh, developments, uh, bringing a, a change in their business models, uh, opening up you know, as a, as a, to their ecosystem. So it's always the same pattern. But I, I do believe that brand equity that a lot of these incumbents have remains an amazing asset. And, and we see it in the numbers. You know? 80% of Miracle customers are incumbents. 20% are digital native. The, the marketplaces powered by Miracle have grown by 110% in 2020 in terms of, of growth. So these revenues are revenues that those companies have been able to, to conquer by transforming themselves and being courageous. But it's, it seems very interesting because it seems like, you know, I was getting to this idea that, uh, okay, there is no space anymore for you as an organization, as an incumbent. But then you, you make the point that if they uh, decide to really engage with these uh, transformations, they, they are positioned to really sustain their ecosystems. You know, and, and Just maybe, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I would actually say that they have even more chances than before to transform. Because if you take a, a retail company before digital, how could you transform yourself? Open more stores, open bigger stores, open smaller stores, uh, bring different products. But now with digital, if you want to transform yourself as a retail company, you can do things that you could have never done before. You can become a service company, you can become an experienced company, you can sell products that you would have never been able to sell because they were too big, too heavy, too... So, so in a way, the, the, the digital world and the, and the platform economy allows you, gives you much more chances to, to transform than, uh, than before. Right, that's it. You know, so, so basically we are saying uh, in an era where we are, we're going to have millions of platforms, then incumbent organizations are also made of people that can you know, uh, open stores when needed, that they can uh, do other things that normally digital platforms don't do. So, uh, or, you know, I'm not just talking about opening a store, but essentially I'm talking about uh, uh, executing these complex processes that power society. You know? So it's not everything is about uh, booking a, a room. So I think 
I got your point. So Stina, I think, also wanted to add something around this earning this right, you know, to, to be part of the sustain the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, when I, listening to this last part, it uh, just came to my mind when the conversation we had with Bill Fisher from IMD about how some more successful incumbents, they are cannibalizing their own profits in order to stay relevant. And I think that was like a, a web, way, uh, way to put it, instead of being too scared of um, of spending the capital that maybe you accumulate, uh, you uh, spend it to, to keep uh, learning. And that leads into the question I had is more maybe on, uh, we talked a bit about the technology side of your ecosystem with Miracle Connect. I was also curious to know, you know, what are the type of services that you provide to the ecosystem uh, beyond the technological aspects? Um, we talk about in our methodology about the learning engine of the platform. Um, so how do you allow people to get better, but not only to have better technology, but also learning from each other in, in many regards? There's a lot of, uh, of elements to your, to your question. I would say there, there are three areas. One is a, a, a pure uh, miracle-led initiative, which is we have massively invested in, uh, in a team of, of, of platform experts. Today, there's a, this team will be, at the end of 2021, 110 people who are people who worked at Amazon, at you know, Google, at Airbnb, at uh, Alibaba. And so they bring this platform expertise to, 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 to our clients. Uh, to help them in the early phases of their their journey to make sure that they they launch successfully. The the second aspect is a sense of a sense of belonging uh, and 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 recognizing the 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 courage and the vision of our of our clients and which is why we all we created a club which is called the Platform Pioneers and so every single client of Miracle is, is a platform pioneer. And as such, there, there is a lot of uh, uh, organized events uh, for them to share together their, their uh, successes, their failures, their learnings. Uh, as platform pioneers kind of all united into uh, this fight against uh, Amazon. And, and the third one is a, is a technological aspect. And you mentioned AI, you mentioned, um, you know, data. With, you know, with Miracle Connect, we, we are at the center of an ecosystem. And, and we are uh, uh, leveraging the data, obviously, in a completely uh, approved and, and shared way with our, with our customers and partners. But we are trying to leverage this data to, to accelerate, you know, decision, uh, to, to inform uh, strategies on pricing, assortment, uh, vendor selection. So, so really, our, our outside of our pure you know, technology, these are really the three uh, pillars of, 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 our, of how we, we go beyond just being a technology company. Cool. And I also wanted to have a, a small follow-up question since this year has been quite uh, peculiar <laughs> for many reasons, but specifically because of the drive to digital and online. Have you catered for that? Have you done any special, you know, I'm sure you, you have this maybe sort of a self-answering uh, <laughs> question, but what have, you, what have you done to support your, your club in, in these times uh, of pandemic? As you asked the question, I was thinking uh, about your question around impact, and it makes me think that there is two clubs. There is the clubs of there is the club of, of Miracle Platform pioneers and partners, and there is the broader club, which is you know the communities and the, the world in which we, we live. And 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 I could not, uh, you know, as we somehow head towards the end of this great conversation, I, I could not forget to mention. Um, the, the platform that Miracle launched in March 2020 at the onset of, the, of this dramatic health crisis. We got a call from the French government who was alerting us on the, uh, the, the, the massive scarcity of, 
of PPE products, masks, gels, gowns, and stuff like that, and how difficult it was for healthcare workers and essential workers to, to get access to those products. And the, the French government asked us if we, if we could come up with a solution. And in 48 hours, we put a team of 12 people at Miracle together, and we, we launched in 48 hours a platform, a marketplace called Stop COVID-19, where we combined uh, the Miracle Marketplace solution with a Magento, Adobe Magento, one of our partners, um, e-commerce engine, and, uh, and some payment partners, WebL and, and Limonetic, and we, we launched a platform which within days successfully allowed thousands of organizations to get access to critical products. We had a team who sourced hundreds and then thousands of vendors from all over the world. And so this marketplace, which unfortunately is still live and, and running today, is latest, has allowed the transaction of more than hundreds of thousands, millions of, of masks. And, uh, and millions of gallons of, of, uh, of gel. So thanks for asking the question because I realized I forgot to mention this and, uh, and it's not every day as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a team that you have the opportunity to, uh, to not only demonstrate the, the reality of, of the model, of the platform model of, the, of your vision, but also uh, have a true impact I guess many of them have been uh, looking into online for sure. No? So I, I guess that's also, uh, that also was part of your contribution. So to close this great conversation, uh, I would like to ask you a final reflection, uh, maybe essentially asking you to picture yourself in five years from now. So what do you, I, I really want to pick your brain into more foresight here. No? So, so essentially, what do you see happening in this uh, short midterm uh, a future. How do you see these uh, technological uh, transformations uh, and social and cultural ones uh, uh, express themselves into the context that you, you guys are uh, working in? Wow. That's a super easy question to finish the conversation. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, I mean, there, there's many, many different uh, ways to answer your, your, your question. For me, what's interesting with the platform revolution, it's, it's, it's the way it is impacting the, the, the value chains and, and the role and position of companies in those value chains. And I think that's the most interesting because when you look at organizations, everything they do is always defined by how they view themselves in a value chain. So if you're a manufacturer, you are at the beginning of the value chain. So you don't really traditionally operate thinking about the people or the companies that are all the way at the end of the value chain. Your, your sales, your marketing is mostly centered around the next person in your, in your value chain, your distributors, your resellers, your... And, and similarly, if you're a distributor, you're in between, you know, buyers and, and manufacturers. So you, you, you see yourself from where you are within your value chain. And, and this has created inertia over the years. And, and what, digi what digital is allowing to do, and with, you know, and we go back to the boundary less, breaking those boundaries, digital is now allowing organizations to be at different positions in a value chain. Because instead of being linear, those value chains are being, becoming more, more circular. And you can interface with everyone in your value chain, unlike what you could do uh, before. And for me, this is really the, the most interesting uh, change to, to apprehend, because if organizations are able to understand that, they now start to ask themselves different questions. In specific markets, do I want to be directly in contact with the end users? In others, do I want to be going with my partners? In others, do I want to be going partnering with other service to complement my, my products? You, you now live in a world where through platforms, everything is possible. You can, you, can, you can 
be everything in the value chain, but you it's you know you don't necessarily need to be, or you know, efficiently can be, but knowing that this is possible is for me one of the most interesting uh, strategic change ahead of us, because it's really uh, it's it's going to lead organizations and the people like companies like Airport who talk to them to to really rethink boundaries limits. And, uh, and, and really go beyond the world. Uh, it's, for me, it's as fundamental as when we discovered that the world was round and not flat. Well, you captured so well uh, the inflection point you know, that uh, we seem to believe in at uh, many levels, but for sure at the technological, uh, organizational and organizational level. So I think uh, you expressed this uh, very well. Also, I want to thank you for this really great conversation because uh, it was also, I think, a celebration of entrepreneurship to some extent. You know, when you end on this uh, note uh, telling, you know, you can be anything in the value chain. I think this is really an exciting call for our for our listeners that uh, plan to become entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs like you, you, Adrian, uh, I think it seems that you have been thinking about this uh, a lot. Uh, and I, I see that... Uh, uh, this is the trait of the entrepreneurs. So thanks very much. This was an exciting conversation. I think very inspiring. Anything else that you want to add for our listeners, maybe reaching out to you, where to where to explore your work? No, I mean, I'm very, I enjoy the conversation. I think we, we are living a very exciting times. I think uh, we should not be afraid. Uh, platforms and digital are offering us possibilities to, to accelerate innovation, to accelerate change. And we only have one life, so if we can live our life uh, being in action and movement, it's more exciting than waiting for the end. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for this call for change. Uh, Stina, do you want to add something? Maybe just that I'm, I'm really excited to hear because I think that is what our hope, all of us, you know, that these new models that can scale so quickly and so widely if you can scale that with a social impact or an environmental impact even, that's a very powerful promise that we all can probably build some hope around in the coming decade. Thanks very much. And thanks to our listeners. And we catch up soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boundaryless Conversation podcast. We truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share this episode on social media, review our show on any major distribution platform, And don't forget to subscribe for new episode releases. Stay tuned on www.platformdesigntoolkit.com for our latest news and updates. There, you can also find our free design tools, opportunities to learn how to use them, or connect directly with us to use our help in designing your platform and ecosystem strategies in these turbulent times. We also want to thank Valter Mobilia Leo Sound for the ad hoc music.